Welcome back. It's Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft, which means I'm the Gnarly Gnome. You may or may not know me from thegnarlygnome.com or from the show if you're a regular listener. I'm your guide every week. Um, again, doing a solo show, coming at you from the basement by myself, the hub of quiet loneliness on a Sunday night. Um, it's been a, a busy week. We're coming off of Dark Charge Day yesterday, and... Um, I recorded a bunch of stuff while I was at the event so that I could kind of share with you what the event is about, what the beer is about. Uh, we talked to a couple different people about some of the stuff that was going on. So, um, this is going to be another abbreviated show, a short one, um, until next week when we come at you with, uh, hopefully something a little bit longer and a little bit more of what you're used to. But, um, Regardless, I wanted to share some stuff with you. So before we dig into Dark Charge, and um, we'll talk about a couple of the things that are going on around town, um, we need to drink some beer because it's Cincy Brewcast, and that's what we do. Uh, <clears throat> I dug into the fridge and um, grabbed a uh, West Side Porter. I've had this sitting around, been um, drinking on them for a while, and I'm really digging this beer. I'm, I'm digging West Side um, a lot lately. I don't get out to the tap room nearly as much as I would like to, which I guess is probably the story with, um, I don't know, probably any brewery right now. It's sometimes hard to get out to tap rooms, but packaging is a lifesaver for people like me who may not get out to tap rooms as often as we want to. And uh, luckily West Side is rolling out packaging on a regular basis, new stuff, uh, some really cool traditional styles really they uh did do their uh um their big uh imperial ipa they did uh porter they did uh session ipa uh hefeweizen uh the holiday ale which i should probably i should actually probably grab a can of that and try that too on the air because it's so um different than a lot of other christmas beers or winter warmers around it's um again awesome but no, tonight we're going to do the porter. Um, I looked for something a little bit darker in honor of Dark Charge Day. Give me just a second as I'm pouring this. Um, so just reading the can, <clears throat> they have a uh, kind of a standard uh, little thing that's written on all of them and then a little bit more detailed about the actual beer. And it says, located in Westwood on the west side of Cincinnati, we aim to brew traditional beer styles exceptionally well. We're proud to call the Cincinnati region and the west side home, and we're excited to add to Cincinnati's rich brewing heritage. We hope you enjoy drinking our beers as much as we enjoy brewing them. Cheers. And then it goes on to talk about the beer itself. Deep brown, bordering on black. This porter boasts a malty aroma filled with chocolate notes and a hint of roast. Malt sweetness pairs with flares, flavors of baker's chocolate and lightly piney hops for a smooth, full-body drink with just enough bitterness to keep it balanced. Handcrafted. Westsidebrewing.com. Um, 5.8%, 42 IBUs, 12-ounce uh, can. You get the rest. Let's go ahead and dig in. So uh, their description uh, nails the color, right? You know, off the off the bat, it's definitely... About as dark as you can get. I've mentioned before when I'm holed up here in my office, the lighting is not the best. So um, I'm sure I can get some more uh, brown color through this if I'm in brighter light. But it looks pretty black to me. Uh, big, thick, creamy head on it. 
and that that aroma. So <clears throat> I have a uh, a deep love for porters and stouts. It was kind of definitely one of those styles that got me into craft beer. And it's a huge gripe of mine that you cannot get enough of them in packaging year-round, um, especially of the traditional kind of just straightforward variety of porters or stouts. So when I do get these, I'm really happy. But the aroma is uh, chocolatey. There's a lot of hops going on, though, too, which I think people don't realize when you talk about uh, porters or, or, in this case, a porter, porters or stouts, that there needs to be some hops there to kind of balance things out or else it'll turn into nothing but a big, sweet, malty mess. Not that that's, I shouldn't say mess because sometimes that's really good too, but this almost, and the aroma to me, um, borders on some of those beers that kind of touch into the uh, black IPA category. Not that this is a black IPA, but there is definitely a strong, um, hop note going on. Yeah, this is awesome. The, uh, the taste is beautifully smooth and rich and creamy. Um, but then that, that roasty kind of bitter chocolate note comes, comes into, uh, no, this is great. This is, um, again, those, those hops provide a little bit of that bitterness that plays with the chocolate really well. Uh, fantastic beer for the cold months that we're not that today is cold. Today is actually unseasonably warm, but, um, we're definitely entering in that time of year where sometimes you just want something a little bit bigger and roastier and, uh, heavier. So fantastic beer. Um, they're, they're doing really good on their distribution around Cincinnati. Um, if you don't know where to find them, I'm sure you can jump on their website and uh, find out, but, uh, grab a six pack. They, uh, like I said, they're getting them out there or you can head to the, uh, the tap room and grab it there. So West side Porter, uh, don't miss out on it. It's, it's not dark charge, but it's fantastic for what it is. Um, which brings us into our topic that we are going to talk about dark charge, dark charge day, <coughs> dark charge day is probably definitely we'll call it one of my top three events that happens in the city every year. It's, um, it's not super innovative, like punch out. Maybe it's a bottle release, a quasi festival, uh, live music, you know, the, the standard thing that you're used to, but just done really well. And the beer is phenomenal. So <clears throat> if anybody has never been, people line up pretty early in the morning to get in line for their bottles. Um, the amount of bottles varies from year to year, especially depending on those specialty things that they do. But um, this year, the first person was in line at last call the night before, got in line, uh, was there all night until uh, sales kicked in at 11 a.m. So I was not there that early. I showed up um, kind of a morning-ish, you know, definitely not the, the 5 a.m. that I think the majority of the people at the front of the line got there. But um, I did want to sit down and talk to uh, whoever was first in line. Lucky for us as a show, it was our good friend Chris Walker from uh, Have a Drink Show. If you don't listen to them, you should be. 
Um, so we, we snagged him for a minute, talked to him about um, why he shows up at last call to uh, get in line for Dark Charge. So let's go to that audio. Um, it's not the best audio. It's not the worst audio, but uh, yeah, I wanted to get it for you. So here we go. Um, Chris Walker as, uh, you know, why he gets in line for Dark Charge. So first in line, a familiar face. Christopher Walker from Have a Drink Show. Is it thehaveadrinkshow.com? Haveadrinkshow.com? What is it? I never know. Well, that's a contentious point. Just have a drink. Have a drink show, I guess. Whatever. You can find us at haveadrinkshow.com. Um, you're first in line for Dark Charge. Why? Why do you do this to yourself? It's raining. It's cold. It's miserable. They took your tent and made you stand in the rain even though you were first in line. Why? They took my tent but gave me a poncho. And, yeah, I'm in the rain a little bit, but it's for Dark Charge, which is well worth it. Uh, can we just say Braxton also named as one of... Uh, Brewbound's top breweries to watch, lined up alongside the likes of Lawson's Finest and uh, Treehouse. So, is it safe to say that Braxton might be your favorite brewery? Uh, Yeah, I can say for a number of years Braxton has been my favorite brewery that we have uh, championed on our show. Clearly. (laughs) Since I've been here since closing last night. Um, So, last year, I think you were second in line, right? Number one. You were your first last year? Uh, last year I was number two. Number this two, year, number one. So, um, what time did you get here? Uh, tonight, I got here an hour before last call. <laughs> last night. So, I guess if anybody that wants to know what you have to do to be first in line, you have to get here yesterday. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Or I'm going to beat you. Um, where can people find your show? Uh, Haveadrinkshow.com. We are on a little bit of a hiatus right now for a new baby. But we are going to be back in December with a ton of new episodes. Um, you guys always do New Year's Eve very big and very crazy and very uh, uh, drunkenly, I guess. <laughs> no, that's the way to, that's the best way to explain it. We'll call it drinkingly. Someone's going to be spilling a lot of beer that people stood in line a long time for on New Year's Eve. I'm not saying it's Justin, but it may be Justin. But we are going to be sampling a lot of things and letting you guys know what we think of it on New Year's Eve. Well, thank you. We're going to we're gonna do a bunch of other stuff from, from Dark Charge Day here in the cold, the rain. Um, hopefully the audio that I get the rest of the day will sound better than this because this is a crappy recorder that I'm not afraid to get wet. So. Oh, thank you, Chris. Not a problem. It's definitely uh, fanatical, is what I would call it. The uh, the idea of lining up for beer, especially when you factor in uh, the weather. You know, there's been years where it's been painfully cold outside for Dark Charge Day. This year, it wasn't cold, but it was definitely rainy and uncomfortable. And people still line up and wait for bottles that you know for all intents and purposes you can buy if you get there just at half you know at noon or whatever and um it's it, it's about something else you know yes the the bottle sharing in line is fun and you get to taste some stuff that you probably wouldn't get to try otherwise but even that still it's it's just it's about something different it's about a community thing that um is really hard to explain until you kind of dive into it and experience it but um the uh, so the line was the line was fantastic. It was nice getting a few minutes to hang out with uh, uh, Chris and some other friends that uh, I don't get to see nearly as much as I would like to, and uh, it's it was worth it. You get 
some really amazing bottles of beer to take home. And uh, they did some fun stuff this year, which um, I guess we can go ahead and dive into real quick. Let's see. All right, so the bottles this year, um, starting last year, they did a uh, Braxton Labs variant, which is Braxton Labs, if you don't know, is their um, their kind of experimental facility over at the Party Source where they just play around with some new ideas and um, do it on a smaller scale and just get to uh, experiment, I guess. So um, they do a Labs variant of Dark Charge every year, which is something a little more experimental. This year's was Pineapple and Poblano. Uh, the yellow wax on the top is how you can quickly identify what's what. Um, they had the mole for the second year in a row, which is kind of like a Mexican hot chocolate. Uh, you know, there's some chili peppers, some uh, uh, cinnamon, that kind of thing. So it's I wouldn't call it spicy, but it's definitely got some some pepper character to it, and uh, lots of chocolate and um, super creamy and, and awesome. Way better this year, in my opinion, than it was fresh last year. They did uh, what they're calling the Mandarin, which was a rye barrel aged. So it was the first time Dark Charge has seen a barrel besides a bourbon barrel. Uh, rye barrel aged, and then they finished it off with uh, the um, Mandarin orange. I, I believe it's the orange peel. I don't think it's any actual like orange, orange in there, but um, you definitely get... Uh, a nice hit of the orange character, especially as it warms up. Um, when I tried it the first time, it was way too cold, and I just lost all of that orange character and was disappointed in it. But after trying it yesterday, um, my faith was restored, and it was delicious. The um, the Builders variant. So Braxton Builders is their Kickstarter group, I guess, where um, if you backed them at a certain level while they were doing their Kickstarter, you could... Um, you could you could join this kind of exclusive club that not only lets you pre-order bottles, you get things announced ahead of time, and you get to vote every year on a variant of Dark Charge. So this year's was coffee and vanilla. Uh, you know, the coffee and vanilla Imperial Stouts, you've, you've more than likely had more than one of them, and it's you know exactly what you expect. It's loaded up with coffee and a beautiful vanilla finish that uh, makes it taste like a dessert. So um, another great one. And then the the base one, which I guess you can consider a variant of Dark Charge, is uh, better this year than I recall it ever being before. It's incredible. Um, and then they did something really fun this year, too, with uh, their kind of specialty release. So every year they do something different, something unique, something special. And <clears throat> this year's they came across and if you know if you want to read into some of this in detail, you can obviously go to their website or I did an article a few days before the event on the gnarlygnome.com that kind of digs into this too. Um but the uh they stumbled across a barrel of the very first year of dark charge that was still a filled barrel. Um, Evan, when I talk to him here in a, a few minutes, you'll, he'll kind of break it down, um, how that all happened. But, um, they stumbled across this, this original barrel, um, realized that they also had some from two years ago and then one from, uh, obviously a year ago <clears throat> and they put together a box set 
of just the base dark charge after um, it had been barrel aged for one year, two years, and three years. Packaged it in an, an amazing little um, wooden crate with uh, uh, the dark charge uh, logo kind of laser etched on the front. It's it's a really cool presentation and lifts things kind of to that other level beyond just making a great beer. They uh, have found ways to uh, really capture that other side of the, the nerdiness, the, the collecting, the uh, especially glassware, that kind of stuff. There's there's this other side to it that they have, have definitely mastered. Um, and I, I encourage you to get on and look at pictures of this this packaging. It's one of one of the prettiest things that I think anybody has done as far as beer packaging in the city. Um, so before we go to the clip of, of Evan just kind of talking about Dark Charge, <laughs> they also do a really fun event at the actual uh, quote-unquote festival during the day that um, is called Straight from the Barrel or Pull the Pin, which is where they have an actual barrel set up with a little spout in it, and you can uh, get a sample of Dark Charge straight from the barrel, which kind of you know what you'll hear in a second, but is set to kind of mimic how they taste dark charge along the way and give you kind of that experience of what they get to taste before it's carbonated, before it's um, really finished. It's it's a uh, I mean it's it's a, definitely a finished beer, but um, not really. So <laughs> if that makes any sense, so just straight from the barrel and. Uh, I ran over there and talked to uh, to Adam uh, about this straight from the barrel idea and, and what it is and why it is. Um, the sound is terrible on this clip, just so you know, because we were really close to the stage. So um, I did the best I could. We were literally yelling at each other about a foot away from you, from each other, trying to hear um, during the conversation. So that's why we're yelling, and uh, hopefully it's still listenable. But um, here we go. Dark Charge, uh, straight from the barrel. Uh, what does it mean? Why do it? That kind of thing. So this is the third year that we're doing straight from the barrel or pull the pin. And the cool thing about it is we give the consumer the experience that we as brewers get throughout the year uh, in terms of barrel aging a beer and tasting that beer throughout to determine when it's ready, when it's had enough barrel on it. Uh, so the beer is warm, it's flat, which is not a normal consumer experience, but um, but we think it gives you the most authentic experience of what it's like to barrel age a beer, to care for that beer, and then to determine when it's done. So when you guys are walking through your wall of barrels trying to pick things that are be- going to get blended or become dark charge, like this is how you guys do it. You pull it right out of a barrel, you... You pull a nail out of the barrel and you try what's happening with it. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing here, right? Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. We fancied it up a little bit. We've got a spigot instead of a vinny nail. But, um, but yeah, same deal. We're walking in between rows of barrels. We're pulling samples uh, aseptically, you know, as best we can. Um, and we're tasting all the barrels individually. And then we make blending determination based on what we taste out of each individual barrel. How much of a variation is there from barrel to barrel? Pretty significant. Uh, Some barrels we get tons and tons of vanilla. 
some barrels we get tons and tons of caramel. Some we just get kind of a, you know, a nice little blend of everything. So we want to try to even out those peaks and valleys, blend everything together and give the consumer uh, a consistent product. Fantastic. Thank you. So I really just want you to kind of get a picture of what sets an event like Dark Charge Day apart from from typical bottle releases and and how they find ways to still make it feel like a like a release that you're used to something that's comfortable you can just show up to it as a beer festival or a um, I don't even want to call it a beer festival because it's 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 just a big kind of party that feels normal if you're not expecting it and feels special if you are if that makes any sense they they definitely have found ways like this like the spool the pin idea um to give it just these little touches that um tie you closer to uh, the product and to the brand and to who this this is and who they are as a company if any of that makes any sense at all which i hope it does um so I was able to uh, snag uh, Evan Rouse for a few minutes to kind of talk to him about Dark Charge in general and uh, what's so special about it and 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 why why they they hang their hat on this one beer this one event why is it so special to them as a company and as to not just you know brewers but as craft beer fans and drinkers. Um, so here we go. Here's Evan just kind of shedding a little light on Dark Charge and Dark Charge Day. Evan Rouse, Dark Charge Day. You guys have been waiting for this, I would say, since this day last year. Um, I don't know how true that actually is. I don't know how much of what this company is, what this brewery is, is about Dark Charge. But in my opinion, one of, if not the best beer that you guys make um, tell me about the beer a little bit. Tell me about the day a little bit. What does this mean to you guys as a company? For sure. So Dark Charge is uh, it's a celebration of barrel-aged beer. Um, as a homebrewer, before we started Braxton, uh, you'd find me and the Homebrewers Guild drinking barrel-aged beer uh, throughout many brewouts. Uh, and the idea behind Dark Charge was really to create a barrel-aged stout that would uh, pay homage to our favorites, so your Bourbon County brand stouts, um, and yeah, dark, dark lord because we went you know three, four, five years in a row. Uh, your your breakfast, I mean, just all the the regional and, and national players that make really good barrel aged beers, stouts, barley wines, whatever whatever you may uh, seek out in a barrel aged beer, um, and and being a huge fan of. Um, Bourbon County, we wanted to do just a really big, gnarly stout. Um, and this is our fourth year, believe it or not, doing this. And, you know, I look outside, I look inside, and it's it's packed and can't thank the customers enough for, for lining up in the pouring down rain to come get this beer. Um, this year's been a lot of fun because we got to do some stuff that we don't typically do. Uh, last year had more of a dessert theme to it. Um, S'mores. This charge was one of my favorite. S'mores, tiramisu, uh, all of the S'mores is still tasting phenomenal uh, right now. Uh, super chocolate. I'm trying to go 
<laughs> but uh, this year we, we took a different approach and uh, we did two different batches of Dark Charge this year. Um, one batch was uh, brewed in late December. The second batch was in January or February. And uh, the second batch was coming out of the tank, getting ready to go into barrels. And we were ordering the barrels, and our barrel broker sent me an email and said, hey, we just got these freshly dumped Heaven Hill rye barrels. It's like, screw it. Give me 12. They sent us 12 rye barrels. And it's the first time Dark Charge has ever seen the inside of a rye whiskey barrel. Um, and we didn't really have a plan at that point in time. We had filled enough bourbon barrels that had the rye barrel pro project gone wrong that we'd still have another variant that we could toy around with um, and not have to worry about it. Uh, but we were all we're, we're prepping, so call it August, is when we really start getting the heavy tasting, like, okay, how are all our barrels doing? Do we have any that are contaminated? Luckily, no. Uh, but just making sure that what we have is ready to go. And uh, we tasted the rye, and we're like, wow, this is something special. Um, we tasted the rye by itself, and then we tasted it next to the Buffalo Trace barrel-aged, and the spiciness really came through. Uh, and we wanted to find something that would pair really well with that spiciness. And that's when, I think it was Brad, who's our lead brewer, was like, chocolate-covered oranges was the first thing that came to his mind. Chocolate-covered oranges. Mike. So if we did freshly zested oranges and cocoa nips... And that was what we moved forward with. So took four guys, eight hours to zest 24 pounds of mandarin oranges. We did it downstairs in the tap room. We were drinking Sparky. I think some of that zest ended up in the Sparky, actually. Um, but, uh, but we zested all the oranges, and we added, uh, I think it was three quarters of a pound per barrel. Uh, not bourbon barrel, but beer barrel. To each bourbon barrel um, of Maverick chocolate cocoa nips. Uh, so freshly zested oranges and the rye spice. It's like a spicy chocolate-covered orange. And for anybody that has a bottle of this, whether you're here today or um, somebody gifted it to you or whatever it may be, um, let it warm up a little bit. Um, the first time I had it, I drank it way too cold, and the orange got completely lost. I got a really great rye kind of character to it, but the orange was gone. And today, drinking it on tap, the orange pops perfect and... Um, so let it warm up a little bit. Yeah. It's the fault of having uh, a dr- one draft system that has to serve ice-cold lager right. and uh, burn barrel-aged stouts that need to be served at 55 degrees. Right. <laughs> let, it, let it warm up a little bit. You know, Just uh, pull it out of the fridge a half hour before you even think about opening it. Um, talk about like you know this, this idea of Dark Charge Day a little bit. Why doesn't anybody else locally do like a big thing like this? Is it... I mean, is, is there a reason that you can identify, or is it just... Um... That's, a, that's a great question. I don't know uh, why no one else locally doesn't do a festival like this. Um, you know, I think you and I were talking about this at the Builders Preview. We're like, we're the only ones that really own a, a barrel-aged stout release in the city. And there, I mean, there's how many breweries in the city now? I mean... Like you know what I mean? Like when we opened, there were twenty, right? And now there's like sixty or seventy just in the two seventy five loop. Um, and it's just, it's like it's one thing that that we always kind of look back at is when we open the city of Covington didn't have much going on, um, and the renaissance that is happening here is real, and it's 
probably the coolest thing to have been a part of it, be a part of it, and actually see a city come back to life. Um, and and this festival is just as much homage to Barrel Age Beer as it is to the the reignition of a city, uh, which is which is awesome. You you can't deny like I you know. It's one thing when you have one brewery that opens up and things happen around you. Like, oh, that's cool that that happened around this brewery. And then it happens again, and it happens again. And you start to understand that it's not necessarily just pure luck that a brewery opens up and things happen around them. Breweries are a, you know, you know an ignition of something else yeah. within a community. It, it pulls people in. People believe in breweries, and they believe in that community around them, and... Um, you, you look just around you guys with you know Gave and Rai and Rich's proper down on the corner yeah. and like these these things in the you know Condos. not even mentioning <laughs> that, 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 that Dubnik Square right next door that is just beautiful like and that's I don't want to say it's because of you guys but it's kind of because of you guys like that these things happen and um, Dark Charge Day is definitely one of those pieces of that you know like it's it's my favorite event of the year um it's a celebration of barrel-aged beers, which are some of my favorite, which are some of Jake's favorite, which are some of my friends' favorites, right? Like, I grew up in a home-brewing industry that, like, if we're brewing beer, there is a barrel-aged beer open somewhere on the table. Um, but it's just as much of a celebration for the city to bring everybody to one place and just have a good time, enjoy beer, barrel-aged or not, because we've got all on tap, and just hang out. Well, as far as beers go... I imagine, I don't, I don't know the, the math that goes into a barrel aged beer, but I imagine it's not a cheap beer. There's a lot of ingredients that get dumped in there. It's a big beer. Not to mention that it sits in barrels for a year, yep. which I don't know if people appreciate the money that that means that's tied up in a beer that may not turn out. Um, it's, it's ballsy, I guess, is that you know, it's, it takes a lot to, to own that and say, here's, here's what we're doing. Here's, here's going to be this big chunk of our business right that's on. tied up into this day next year. Maybe, maybe it's going to be cold outside. Maybe it might rain. Yep. We believe that people are going to show up and buy this beer. There's always that one nightmare where you do all this work. It was cold. And all this, all this effort. And you, do, you put all this, all this time and effort and energy into an event that takes months of planning. <laughs> and, and, the week, and nobody shows up. <laughs> That nightmare happens every year to at least one of us in this office. I hope not. <laughs> but I mean, even even today, I mean, it was it was forty five and rainy, and and there was a line around the block, which is I mean, it's just, it's it's truly, I I find myself just dumbfounded. How do you? How do you grow this? How do you up this next year? Every year you guys have done something to up the year before. Ask me in November <laughs> of next year, I guess, because I don't... Well, you know, it, I mean, you guys have obviously a team built around this brewery that has lots of fun ideas that are trying to find that that solution. And I guess that's it. You just hope that somebody can come up with something that... The, and and the, the, the thing that lapped this year was a happy accident. The three-year vertical. It's not bullshit. It's not bu- it is not bullshit. It sounds like so much bullshit, but it's truly not. Uh, we have the most, um, call it organized chaos, uh, of a spreadsheet called the barrel log. Um, and 
we stopped using that spreadsheet for a period of time when we were importing all of our barrels into our uh, business management software that manages production, finance, account, all of that. Um, and so it does our production scheduling. It does our inventory management. And so we were importing that into the software. Um, and I guess I, don't, I guess the, the import didn't go as, as well as it should have or whatever. And so we're doing a physical inventory count, and we had a full bourbon barrel that wasn't on the inventory in our software, and that was the 2015 Four Roses barrel. And we're like, well, what is it? And then we went back to that barrel log that we hadn't opened in a while, and it was a, a dark charge filled from the first batch that we had ever brewed. And we tasted and we're like, oh, man, this is... Like, this is money. This is so good. So good. Um, and and it wasn't until we're prepping for Dark Charge, we're like, okay, so what are we... <laughs> we didn't, we're out of pappy barrels, right? Like, we can't do the, the 23 maple anymore. Like, we don't have those barrels. And, and what are we going to do? Um, and, and we're doing inventory, and we're kicking things around we're looking at the barrel log we're looking at our software and we we know we had saved some barrels from last year because the idea honestly was to do a blend at some point as a as a variant so we'll take a five-year a four-year a three-year two-year one year whatever blend it together and have a master blend release as a cuvee if you will and uh we found a barrel that was from the year prior that was also a four roses barrel um and shockingly enough we filled another four roses barrel because we had them laying around that we wanted to like our volumes were higher than we expected so we filled another so, barrel typically now your most of your barrels are uh, bourbon or uh, uh, buffalo trace yep so it really is just pure it was pure luck luck yeah that it all we um for dark charge we i mean we've aged in a number of barrels this beer so the first year we ever did it, it was primarily george remus um, there were a couple four roses. There was a 1792. Basically, any barrel we yeah. Basically, any barrel we could get our hands on. And then the second year we did four roses, Buffalo Trace, and um, there's one other distiller in there. I don't recall off the top of my head. And then now we've just out of all of these that we've done side by side tastings on, we love the notes that come out of the Buffalo Trace barrels. And I think it's truly because you've got barrels, and they're not going to disclose to you what barrels you're getting, but you're going to get barrels that are 23 years old. You're going to get barrels that are four years old and everywhere in between. And that that dynamic that comes out of the younger barrels and the older barrels when you blend them together, it's truly amazing. I will 100% say on record the base beer for Dark Charge is better this year than it has been ever before. It's I don't know if it's the beer. I don't know if it's the barrels. I don't know if it's the, the process. I don't know what that that thing is, but it is the best base beer for Dark Charge that I've, my, I've ever tried. my favorite variant ever. It's, it's and it gets better with age. It's like a fine wine. It just it continues to age and develop in a bottle. And there aren't many people that appreciate just the base because everybody gets excited about the variants, which I totally understand. The variants are really good. Uh, but that base barrel age, man, just... Anybody that's curious, I think in February we're going to do a vertical with all of the base beers throughout the year so we're gonna we're gonna dig into all of the ones that i've been holding on to because i can't wait any longer <laughs> let me know because so. i've got a few too i've got a few i can bring to the party <laughs> it's, it's gonna be interesting to kind of see and obviously it's changed the actual beer has changed a little bit throughout the years but um it's gonna be exciting to see kind of how that has translated in the the cellar i guess yeah, yeah. um what 
what's the future for Dark Charge? I don't know if you know the answer to that. I think we've kind of established that there isn't. <laughs> there, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Um, I, I know that... I, I feel like the tent got bigger this year. I was I was promised that it's the same size as last year. Um, it, I feel like the layout got better. I I'm really interested to see what next year holds. Uh, I feel like we're just going to continue to tent down Seventh Street, which is awesome. Um, most of our na- most of our neighbors love it. There are a few that aren't big fans, um, but we we work we do our best to work with them. Um, and and frankly, hopefully, it just keeps. Hopefully this this festival and this beer release continue to get larger and just as energetic, if not more, than what it is today. Absolutely. I, I can't wait. I'll be here every year um, towards the front of the line, depending on what uh, the little shithead that lives in my house lets me do. But I will be there very close to the front of the line. Um, you guys are kicking ass, and uh, it just gets better and better and better. I'm in love with everything you guys have done this year with Dark Charge. And Thank I, you. And I'll wait to dig into that box set. It's going to be uh, definitely a hard decision that day that you sit there and you stare at it. Like, do I open these tonight? Yep. Or do I wait until... <laughs> well, that's the problem. You can't open just one. Right? you got right? to try them. And, and I, I, I promise you that they are distinctly different. They're distinctly different. And they're all beautiful. The good thing is, the old man, so, you know, if anybody listens to the show regularly, Chuck, my stepdad, and we call him the old man, he also bought a box set. So I'm going to... Open one, keep one. I'm going to poke at him to open his yeah. <laughs> we'll dig in and I'll oh, yeah. out of my. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it works. Evan, thank you very much. Congratulations for another uh, fantastic Dark Charge Day. Thank um, you. We're, I guess we're not even like halfway through the actual day, though. It's we're only five. <laughs> it's only five o'clock. <laughs> that's, that's we're on. We're on hour. We're on hour twelve. <laughs> my wife is going to start texting me in a minute. Are you okay? <laughs> thank you very much. Anybody who has not come down for Dark Charge Day. Do it. Like, I, I don't care how cold it is. I don't care how rainy it is. Just get in line. Bring a little cooler with a couple. Can we tell people to share things? We probably shouldn't tell people to share things. But there are people that I've heard may share things on the sidewalk as a bottle share, and that's fun. At Bottle, bottle shares may or may not happen yeah. on the sidewalk. Yeah. Uh, I think the first person got in line this morning when we closed last night. Um, absolutely. Uh, so. so Chris Walker from Have a Drink Show, which is one of my favorite podcasts, he... Uh, closed down the tap room and then walked outside and sat down and got a spot in line and was uh, there until uh, probably, uh, I don't know, one or two this afternoon and then he went home and went to bed. Yep. <laughs> As he should have. It's, it's, it's fantastic. If you've never been to a release, this is the best release in Cincinnati. And uh, do it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Come down and drink Dark Charge. So at some point in the next couple months, I'm definitely going to uh, do a little more of an in-depth focus on Dark Charge on the show with some uh, some tasting and, and that kind of thing. We'll hopefully dig into the uh, the three-year vertical box set um, on the show and, and kind of give our impressions of that. Um, I'm, I've also got all of those base um, variants of Dark Charge from every year sitting around just ready to go for some big massive vertical but gonna need some friends to uh to help with that but stay tuned for that we're definitely going to be talking about that in the near future on the show uh, one other thing that happened this weekend that i wanted to uh cover before we kind of start wrapping things up was the new demogorgon release at Streetside. if you 
again, if you're a regular listener to the show, you um, heard us talk about the Demogorgon a couple times um, with Streetside. It's their big Imperial Stout, and it's incredible. And they released it in bottles last year, and then this year they um, came out with the first release of it. I've heard rumblings that there's another release coming up um, with the uh, traditional, quote-unquote, traditional bourbon barrel-aged one. But this weekend... Um, at the same time as Dark Charge Day, they were doing a release of the Apple Brandy Barrel Aged Demogorgon. Um, and luckily, I've got um, some friends who managed to snag me some of that while I was in line for my Dark Charge. And then they showed up to Dark Charge later and um, brought it for me. So I've got to try some of it already. And it blew me away. It, it The perfect departure from what was going on with Dark Charge, the big bourbon barrel thing and then to have something from apple brandy barrels uh just hit that that perfect sweet spot on on the palate for me that day of something different um yet very familiar and very much the same so there's a nice kind of fruity sweetness that hides kind of behind the the big roasty chocolatey imperial stout um so if you have not been to Streetside lately get there this week hopefully they'll still have some cans of this left over um, cause they did it in 16 ounce cans and two packs. Um, and it was just mind blowing. So I wanted to give that a shout out to on the show. I would, uh, <clears throat> I would crack it open and drink it on from the beer fridge, but I only have one can of it left and I'm not ready to just, uh, crack that open right now. So you get to wait until a different day, but get out there and, and buy it and try it because it's, it's pretty phenomenal. So I think that about does it for us. Uh, for this week, uh, I hope it wasn't uh, too lonely and boring for you guys. Uh, it's it's always odd to be sitting by yourself and doing Sensi Brewcast, uh, which is supposed to be more of a communal show, but um, things have been hectic lately, so you just get me, and hopefully that's okay with you. But we'll be back next week, hopefully with uh, some other people. Uh, we've got a couple of really fun shows on on the schedule that are coming up this month before the end of the year, and then... Of course, after the first of the year, uh, the new show kicks in, too, and I will have multiple shows every week. Hopefully that doesn't kill me. Hopefully um, I'm able to uh, make all those ends meet and make the shows sound familiar yet different enough that uh, you enjoy listening to them both. So if you like if you like booze and if you like wine and you like bars versus breweries, this new show will be right up your alley. So stay tuned for more information about Drinking with the Gnome because it's coming it's exciting. It's been fun working on it and I'm really eager to kind of let it out and um, share it with everybody. So again, if you, uh, we talked about it last week, the show is currently not sponsored. So if you or anybody, you know, wants to sponsor Cincy Brewcast, reach out to me at cincybrewcast at gmail.com. There's some fun opportunities with that. Um, and it's, it's helpful to, to us to help keep things ticking and keep things running and running smoothly. So Reach out to me for that. Uh, follow us, Cincy Brewcast, on all your favorite social media platforms. Uh, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe to the show, share it with all your friends, and um, get out to your tap room, or whatever your local tap room is, and grab a beer and uh, drink local or not local, whatever you want to do. Just drink. We'll be back next week, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.